Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Pen Attic Podcast, a show where we discuss pens, paper, and all the analog tools we love so dearly. I'm Brad, the Pen Addict. Some of you may know me, and this isn't my normal position. Normally, this is Mike doing all this intro business, but he's off gallivanting in San Francisco for the WWDC conference, so I have my good friend and everyone's favorite podcast guest host, Miss Anna Reinert from the Well-Appointed Desk. How's it going, Anna? How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's been too long, I feel like. Well... We fixed it now. Yes, we have fixed it now. And uh, I've actually had uh, had people telling me, you need to get Anna back on. You need to get Anna back on. And I was like, well, just hold your horses because I, I have this perfect week coming up where I need a full-time uh, podcast partner, not just a guest appearance. So I appreciate you doing this. Was it was it last year at this time we did the exact same thing? I wonder if... I bet it was. I, I bet it was. I, I bet it was because, you know, Mike's not home in London. He's in San Francisco, so he doesn't have... Uh, the time or availability to record. So um, it's great to just uh, be able to bring you on and just do a, a full show with you and I. I give everyone a break from Mike, I think. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they won't mind. but um, He'll yeah. be missed. He'll be missed. He's always missed. He's so good. I He's such a natural. And, you know, for me, like even that, even like reading the intro, you can tell I'm like, totally forcing that. That's not my thing. You know, I'm more the, the rambler and give me a topic and I'll talk about it. Not, okay, here's the fixed part of the show that I need to say. I can't handle that as well. He's had a lot of practice though. Yes. He's done it for a hundred and how many episodes and you've only done a couple yeah. intros. Yeah. yeah. So this is cut yourself uh, some slack. This is, this is 109. And I think this is the third show I've done without him. I think that sounds right. Weird. Yeah, weird. Okay, that's pretty amazing. Yep. Very, very weird. So, okay, let's get into it. We got some, uh, we had an interesting show last week. Not to put you on the spot, but did you listen to last week's show? I'm not sure. Yes, of course I did. Okay, okay. well, I'm never sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, we had Tim from Funkmon on Pins, and uh, he was a good guest. We got a lot of feedback on that. But I don't know that I've ever gotten more feedback about a particular topic than us talking about cross pins and how bad of a time Tim was having with cross pins. And then I sent kind of a call out to say, Hey, if you have p- experience with, you know, any cross pins, tell me what the good ones are. You know, tell me your good stories because, you know, I'm just here in Tim's side and I've never used anything. I've definitely never used a cross fountain pen. I'm sure I've used an old cross ballpoint. Um, probably like everyone has it sometime in their life, but I got these, I got these very, strongly worded <laughs> if you will tweets and well, emails op- tim's opinions were pretty uh pretty uh strong as well last week so well yeah and i can appreciate that you know absolutely i, I, I you know like someone said I, I forget who it was someone said that he wasn't being fair and i actually i mean i disagree with that completely he's being completely fair because that's his opinion and we may disagree 100 percent and have the exact opposite experience but He's certainly being fair because that's what his opinion is. Right. And he keeps he keeps buying them. So obviously he's <laughs> hoping that at some point he'll get one he likes. That's right. <laughs> Do you have any cross pen experience? I want to read a couple of these emails that some of us, some people send. I How about never, you? never, unless someone's handed me like their pen to sign something or whatever, I have never used one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, now I feel obligated to like at least go out and give one a try. I know, right? If nothing else, it means I'm going to have to go buy a cross pen now and just to see for myself. But I, the volume of emails I got 
they're still really? coming in. I got one like five <laughs> minutes before we started talking. I didn't even have time to put it in the show notes. And they're not like two sentence emails. These are like five and six paragraph emails. Um, let me read it. I, I got two that okay. I saved off. Um, let me read just kind of the the bullet points. And I think this was the general consensus of the emails that I got about cross. Um, a lot of them were saying the same types of things. So I just, I pulled out a couple and, uh, let me, let me go over them real quick. One of them was from, from Lois. She says, my first suggestion is the cross ATX, a beautiful, well-made pin to my eye. Um, it's just mine is a shade of blue that I believe is no longer made. It has a very firm nib, which I like, a nice weight, and a pleasant size, and posted length in my hand. My only complaint is that the section is slick chrome. This makes it uncomfortable to use for any length of time. For this reason, I don't ink it up very often. I bought it about 10 years ago in a brick-and-mortar stationery store. I think I paid about $60 for it. So that's one thing I've seen in a common thread is people are buying cross pins in person. Um, they're able to find, just like Cross and Parker, in more places than you're able to find necessarily like pilots and pelicans and things like that. They just seem to be at that price point where you're going to get them in that retail environment that you might just stumble on. Yeah, I've seen them in places like Office Depot, Office Max, and Staples. Yep. Yep, for sure. And she continues on. She says the Cross Solo is the second pin. I don't think they make it anymore. Mine is black plastic with a gold plated trim. It will never win any beauty contests and it's very order looking, ordinary looking. Um, and she says it was about $10 and bought it about 10 years ago. And she said it was, she found a recommendation online that it was good, inexpensive starter pen. And, uh, she says every single time I put this nib to paper, I'm pleased with it. I love this pen. Despite the cheesy black plastic and gold plating, I always have this pen inked up and would be very sorry if I lost it. So people are, people love their cross pens. They have a, a, an attachment and, you know, I think that's that older school marketing link you know we just have that Mm -hmm. that positive feeling about these things we grew up with right you know if we're familiar with cross for the past 20 or 30 years we're going to you know kind of give it that i don't want to say give it the benefit of doubt it's i'm sure it's perfectly good pen but you have that fonder more positive experience with it um that you can bring back you notice like both of her pens she bought over 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and she still uses them and still likes them so well and it also sounds like at i mean any fountain pen that you purchase at a $10 ish, $20 ish price range. Um, I, you know, that's when the quality control tends to be a little less consistent. So it's that, you know, luck of the draw. She must've gotten one that was really good. And maybe, um, you know, other people pick one up and they get one that isn't as, um, you know, wasn't quality checked as well and have problems with it. But I mean, I, my expectation at a $10 price point is hit or miss, you know, sometimes you get them and they work great, you know, maybe three out of five times or something. And then other times they're, the quality's just not there. You know, they just, at that price point, why would they bother to, you know, quality check them the way they would a pen that's over a hundred dollars. Yep. Yep. And we certainly still have quality issues with pens that are at a, at a higher price range. True. Exactly. Um, And, um, yeah, so what, one more quick one from Matt. Um, he says, I was listening to the podcast, number 108. My ears perked up on your Cross Fountain Pen comments. My first and for the longest time only fountain pen was the Cross Century 2. My pen has a fine nib 
This pin is a daily use pin for me. I have a Caveco Sport and a Twisby Diamond Mini Classic. I just received my dad's Parker 61 capillary fill, so I'm rather new to the fountain pen addiction. I really like my Century 2. I stopped using the ink cartridges and now use the converter since discovering your blog and podcast. Awesome, Matt. This pen writes smoothly, but did notice some flow differences between inks. I mostly use it with Waterman Absolute Brown. That ink writes very nicely, and I love the color. Noodler's Ink 54th Mass sometimes does not flow well, and if I refill the converter, it flows well again. So that's another um, the Cross Century. I've actually heard of that heard of that pen um, more frequently than the uh, the ATX and Solo, like Lois was mentioned. But I got you wouldn't believe the amount of emails I got on this. It was awesome. I love the feedback, and uh, everyone. Uh, I'd say it was you know pretty much all positive Cross. Um, no one said, oh, you know, every cross pen I have is complete junk. It was uh, definitely the cross supporters were, were out in force, and I, I appreciate everyone reaching out. So that, that, that was that's cool. That's awesome. It definitely gives us hope that, you know, for somebody who's wanting to try a fountain pen for the first time, going into a place that carries them and being able to pick out a cross pen might be a good way to get an introduction into pens. Yep. So I guess we, we both need to pony up try one out that's what i was gonna say i think this is you know convinced me that i at least at least need to give it a shot and uh you know no harm in trying and uh certainly i can uh make my own opinions from there so that will be cool i, I cross pins are now on the radar folks so I, pre- I appreciate all the comments um about that now this this next little bit of follow-up that i wanted to mention is totally random and just slots in with nothing but i thought it was the coolest thing um, I got an email right after last week's po- podcast just uh, from a guy named Claudius in Germany. He says, just a quick photo from the European Parliament elections last week. He says, this is what we vote with in Germany, or at least in Munich. It's a big, fat, in this case, purple, Stadler crayon. <laughs> <laughs> there may be other colors, but I can't say for sure because I always end up in the booth with the purple ones. Nevertheless... As it would be expected from a pen addict, always bring my own pen. This time it was the Lamy AL Star with a Schmidt P8126 refill. So if you click that link, have you clicked that link in the uh, the show notes? I did. And seen this? I did. We're gonna ha- we'll it- have this in the show notes, um, which everyone can get at five by five dot tv slash pen addict slash one oh nine. This is amazing. My question is: Is it actually legal to take pictures in a voting booth? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the U.S., considering you know that I've been voting for well over twenty years, I've never even used a pen or a pencil in a voting booth before. I mean, just the little pokey stick, the, yeah, the punch cards, and you know the the hanging chads uh, time oh, and yes. all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> I've ne- I mean, from the first time I ever voted, you know, long, long time ago, I never recall any writing instrument ever being in a voting booth, which that's what threw me off at first. Then number two, there was actually a purple crayon <laughs> in the writing booth. That's pretty amazing. I think the last time I voted, we got paper ballots and we were given um, the little golf-sized pencils really? to fill them out. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I've just been in, like, bigger districts or so, so which I, I guess I've never thought about it before. But well, we seem like I've been in smaller districts. But that's – I don't just recall doing that. But I thought this was so neat, especially there's a, a lot of voting going on in the U.S. right now. So I, I just wanted to bring that up and throw that out there. I'm, I'm curious if anyone else has used any other interesting – writing instruments to vote with because this one uh, kind of boggled my mind. So it's not only that, it's also corporate branded, if you will. 
right? Like Statler in the voting booth is kind of a statement if that some people <laughs> might take. I don't know. That's just me being weird, but I just found everything about that picture interesting. Well, it's it is it was in Germany and Statler is a German brand. So, mm-hmm. yep. if if that happens in the United States, let's hope everybody has to use crayon uh, Crayola brand. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't Mike and I haven't been uh keeping up as well with our Kickstarter activities like we normally do. You know what's been uh, the popular popular projects, popular campaigns that have gone, ones that have gone on to been successful and I think we've missed these last two or three that um, you put in these notes. And the first one that I found really interesting, but I couldn't find a use case for myself personally and did not back it was the HMM Rule One Ruler. So now, did you back the, did you back this one? Would I? I've heard about it, and there was only a few days left in the campaign, mm-hmm. and um, so I po- I went ahead and posted. Um, a little, hey, check this out. It looks really cool. And then I went back to actually back it and had missed the deadline. Oh, no. <laughs> so I did not back it, but it, it had been really close to being funded. And so that's why I wanted to go ahead and get a post up while I had the chance. And then I was going to wait until payday <laughs> yeah, to, exactly, to right. back it. And then I, I completely missed it. So, um, But it was, co- it was fully funded. And um, I actually got a thank you note from... Uh, the creator oh, that's who cool. said, thanks so much for posting about it. And we did get funding. So. Yeah. Cause they, they, had, they had a goal of 20,000 and they just clipped it at 23,748. And it, it looks extremely well done. And I'm anxious for people to get these in hands and maybe we'll get someone who I'm sure we'll see some reviews about them and we'll be able to link to them. Um, my Notco partner, Jeff actually, showed this to me first before I even saw it. He's like, Oh man, this is cool. And I don't know if he ever went around and backed it either or not. Um, but it, the way it integrates the pin into the ruler, um, looks great. And just the design of, I, I like ruler design for some reason. I like those nice clean lines of rulers. Um, for some reason for like on, uh, on my desk or whatever, even though I don't use them all the time. Like I have that, I have that nice heavy steel exacto ruler that probably a lot of people have, you know, it's like a 12 or 14 mm-hmm. inch steel ruler. I mean, I could, you know, I could take out a robber with that, you know, if he was coming in the house, it's like a serious business ruler, but this looks great. And, um, it, it's, it's nice. And I like the, the sort of teardrop shape when you look at it from, uh, from one end so they were showing it that you could sort of stick it in your book as sort of a bookmark as mm-hmm. well yeah. which i thought was kind of cool yeah that's perfect so we'll keep our eyes out for when these start getting into people's hands i want to see some in action and may just have to uh, back this after the fact because it looks pretty sweet yep yeah. and one other ruler um was that this one i can't believe i didn't back it was the cut once heirloom ruler yeah how about that did you back that one I didn't, but it. I, from what I understand now, it has. They have done all of their Kickstarter um, uh, rulers, and they're actually they've actually started a, a shop. So I think you can actually order it now on a individual basis. Yeah, so we'll put that link in the show notes. But I saw this one when it came out, and that's I'm, I was like you on that one. It's like I'm going to come back and. You know, at first I was like, mm, maybe, maybe not. And then the more I looked at it, the more I thought that's just a really cool project. And the way they did it was really nice. And then it ended and I haven't backed it. So, Well, and I didn't actually hear about it until this week. Um, uh, the blogger My Supply Room actually posted 
um, that they had received theirs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were talking about how much they liked it and how lo- how um, really n- nice quality it was. And um, so I'll make sure to get that in the notes. Now this this last one, I think you were all over this last one, right? The, oh, the, the click tape. Yeah, the click tape dispenser. This this has Anna Reinert all over it. You know, I think the uh, the creator actually sent me a. Um, I notice in, in Twitter, like, hey, look over here. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I got to buy four of them to get the green one. So <laughs> I backed it. I bought four of them. So, and uh, my husband saw it and he goes, those are really cool. And I'm like, I'm glad you like one because you're getting one. <laughs> <laughs> and so are a couple other people this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So see, tell, me, tell me if you, can you actually explain this um, without Someone who hasn't seen this yet, can you explain what's going on here? Um, what they did was um, basically your standard roll of scotch tape is normally sits on um, like a spindle inside of a lar- regular tape dispenser. And then there's a cutting device. What they did, uh, what the creators of the click tape did was that basically it's held onto um, a ring. And so where you, um, instead of a spindle, it sort of clicks into the ring. And on the far end of the ring are the, um, the cutting teeth. So it's just a very, it's a very simple, it's very, like, it's one of those pieces that I looked at. I thought this is going to be considered a very classic design one day. Um, people are going to look at it and be like, why did it take people so long to figure that out? How like aesthetically appealing Mm. it looks to have this, it basically ends up looking like two interlocking rings when it sits on your desk and um, it doesn't take up a ton of space. So I think it would be um, fairly portable where the teeth sit wouldn't necessarily like cut into your backpack or anything like that. And the rolls of scotch tape just pop in and out of the, the ring. So, yes, I thought two things when I saw this Um, one, why didn't someone think of this before? Because it is such a simple, cool design. And then two, this guy has been working on this for a long time. I mean, just reading through his Kickstarter page, he has put in the time like perfecting the design of this. I mean, it looks like he started all the way back in 2006 coming up with prototypes of this. And um, he's finally got it out here. And um, that project was funded successfully just a few days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three, yeah. three days ago. Um, so that's very cool. So um, we'll have the link in the show notes. Um, it's it's all closed up now, but I bet you you will be seeing more of this uh, of the click tape because that's it's really cool. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, some of the um, office supply online sites will say, "Hey, we'd like to buy these in bulk from you," so that. He'll get some wholesale orders or something. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it looks like it's probably at at the right price point. It can probably be mass produced pretty readily, and um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just flat out cool. Yeah, I'm hoping that it will hold um, some of the washi tapes, but I'm not sure if it'll fit on the spindles. So that's my big experiment is because I have a drawer full of the washi tapes and I'm like, if that works, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Cause those don't necessarily use, there's not standard. Um, I don't know what you, the hole in the middle, it's not necessarily yeah, this, a standard width or standard diameter. So, and some of them are, and some of them aren't. I think a lot of the, uh, the MT Mm-hmm. tape brand i think theirs fit on a regular tape dispenser okay but it's i'm just curious because of the click mechanism how much 
you know, sort of wiggle room you have if they yeah. don't fit exactly. Because the one nice thing with like Scotch tape brand ones is the the actual spindle that they sit on is plastic. Where things like M- the MT tapes, those are um, they're usually a wooden or a paperboard spool. Yep. Yeah, cool. So anyway, so one other new another new product in the non Kickstarter category that Mike and I mentioned last week. One of both Mike and I's favorite pens, the Twisby 540 Rock, got a redesign into the Twisby 580 RB. Um, it's basically the same looking pen, um, just done with the Twisby 580 hardware, which is better than the 540 build and as far as build quality goes so we mentioned them last week and we all know how twisby is a little bit funky about actually release dates and releasing products this one they didn't play around they showed it like a week before they put it out for sale it came out for sale on monday um and i got tweets saying hey it's out there so i went and bought bought mine (laughs) like immediately Yay! (laughs) it's super cool if my husband liked fountain pens it would be perfect for him that would be up his alley yeah, yeah. I think this is a great looking pen, and I'm excited to get it. I don't, I don't know how fast it'll get here. Maybe by next week, but um, yeah, I'm cool, and we'll we'll definitely talk more about this when it comes in. But I just wanted to know, let everyone know who is is interested in this pen. It does exist for real on Twisby's site right now, and you can actually purchase it, which I did. Um, you, I think they're on their regular site and on their Amazon store right now. Then I think by the end of the month, I think people like Goulet Pins and others who carry Twizzy products, I think they said they'll be in. And this one, we talked about last week, the end cap on the top of the barrel having uh, the different USA flags. This is just the traditional ROC uh, sun emblem on there. So I don't know if they're coming out with that USA uh, flag emblem or not. So, but anyway, I, I did order it. Um, There was 0% chance that I was not going to order that. that. That was, that was the lock of the year that I was going to order that pen. And, um, Excellent. And I'm I'm actually scared. I've been scared to use my 540 one because they're so fragile. And Mike's broken his. That's the one the one pin that I love so much that I never use. And I always talk about you know buy pins to use them. I've always been scared to use that one because I didn't want to break it because they're just historically fragile. So I'll be using this 580. It'll probably never go uninked. I used my 540 until I gave it to a friend who lost all of her pens. Oh, that's and, uh, and so far, she hasn't said anything about it breaking. So maybe we got a good one. Good, good. I like that. I like to hear that. Um, I made a pact with myself at the beginning of the year that I knew I was going to be spending a lot on pens this in 2014. And I made a pact with myself. It's like, okay, I know my budget for pens this year is going to be larger than normal. So I told myself, it's not really a New Year's resolution, but it's something I'm going to strive for. And I'm going to stop. One thing I'm going to cut out or try to do better on is buying clothes. So I told myself that I'm not going to buy any new clothes this year unless I absolutely have to, like out of need, right? Just not buy stuff out of want or desire or anything. So I've How's that working out for you? It's it's actually working out well, except for four items. (laughs) I've bought two Panatic t-shirts when we launched on Teespring. And now my friend Mike Dudek has launched a t-shirt, the Dudek Modern Goods t-shirt, which I have backed on Teespring. And now our friend Dan Bishop from Karis Customs launched a t-shirt on Teespring. So now I've purchased four t-shirts this year. That's the only amount of the only clothing I've bought this year have been t-shirts from Teespring. Um, You know, 
I thought the pin attic project went really well and Mike's shirt looks awesome. It, um, he has actually two designs. He's got the block design and then he has the saw blade design. Um, I think the block design's already filled. He's calling it the simple gray, yeah, simple gray t-shirt, which is the Dudek modern goods with the block. And then he has one with the same design with a saw blade around it. I backed the saw blade one and that one hasn't fulfilled yet. Um, but I wanted to just mention that out there, you know, they such good su supporters of us and I'm such big fans of their work, um, that I wanted to put Mike's and Dan's Teesprings, um, in the show notes and mention them, you know, plug them just because, uh, they're good guys and they deserve to have their t-shirts made. Agreed. But Mike's, uh, yeah, I went with the saw blade one on Mike and then, um, the Karis custom customs one. They've had a, um, the slogan forever, at least as long as I can remember it's, it's the slogan is it's quality bro. And the, this big thumbs up logo. And, uh, they did that on the back of the t-shirt and it's just fantastic. <laughs> so excellent. I have not bought any clothes this year except Teespring t-shirts, <laughs> which is kind of hard to believe. And, um, so I should be good on t-shirts here for a while. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat, although I didn't make a new year's resolution about it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't really a resolution. I was just being a dork. I was like, let's see if I can handle this because I'm not, I'm not a clothes horse or anything, but you know, I'll like, if I see good deals, I'll just buy them knowing that, you know, I'll probably wear them and then you end up with a stack of clothes that you never wear. So I was like, let's just, you know, don't buy clothes unless you need them. So I've been very good except for Teespring t-shirts from my friends. So I'm happy to support them. Excellent. This next link, I would, I don't think I would have ever caught, but this morning, our favorite pen addict podcast mascot, Kanuni Renishin sent me this tweet. She says, look at this link, check out the last item. So she sends me a Buzzfeed and it's basically a, a listicle, which is what they're known for. And I'm so anti listicle. It's not even funny, which is a list article. It feels weird to say, but you know, it's the 103 reasons, you know, why you should work at a standing desk, you know, those type of articles. It's basically, right. <laughs> I, pull, I, I open the link. Mm -hmm. Have you not I'm seen gonna, this yet? No, I just opened it. All right. So the link on Buzzfeed, it's in the DIY section. It's 27 telltale signs. You're a stationary addict. So I pulled this link up and I just started reading it and there's a bunch of good stuff. You know, it's stuff all we all, we all know and, and you, we can totally relate with. And then you scroll down and scroll down and tell me when you get to that last item on Okay. I'm working on it. I'm you just laughing. I'm like, yes, yep, yes, yep. Check, yes, check, check, check. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting down there. So wow. This is a long list. It is a long list. So it's 27. Um, yeah, like number 25 is you've never left a Japanese stationery store without spending hundreds of hundreds of dollars. I love that one. True that. Oh, 26 kind of, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so 27 is you've actually listened to episodes of the pen Attic podcast. So I replied back to her. I was like, I did not see that coming at all. You are famous. Look at the bottom of, of that image. Where did they get that image from? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. That's pretty funny. They stole the image from wellappointeddesk.com. <laughs> because apparently they couldn't figure out that penaddict.com was an actual website. Uh, how funny is that? That's like, pretty funny. 
So not only is it contained on this list on BuzzFeed, what I never would have thought in a million years, the image from the Pen Attic Podcast shirt is from the well-appointed desk, who just happens to be a guest on this show today. So it was What are fate. the odds? It was fate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought that was crazy, but that's a pretty that's a pretty cool list. I think everyone will get a kick out of that. And I've actually absolutely. had some people some people tweeting uh, to me since seeing that list. I was like, oh, that's a neat, I want pe- I want people to to uh, tweet the scores their scores. <laughs> I have like how many out of they, twenty out, out of twenty seven. How many checks, how many how many check marks you got there? Yep. Yeah, I'd have to go back through, but it's probably a hundred percent or at least ninety five percent. I bet so. Yeah, probably. All right. Well, we didn't have you on today just to talk about the news. We're going to talk about some stuff that you and I, we've talked about before, um, talk about some of the the left-handed uh, issues that um, you deal with, which we've had you on before talking about. We're talk- going to talk about some of our favorites, papers and pens, and how we match them up together. And we're going to talk about some kind of the, the long-forgotten pens. But first... Before I get into that, I need to do a couple of business items. And number one is to read our sponsorship from the lovely people at Pen Chalet. So Pen Chalet is for the pen addict in all of us. It's the place to shop online for authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They carry all your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, and Caveco. Pen Chalet, of course, is an authorized dealer of all these brands. They run special discounts twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. Pen Chalet is always adding new styles of pens every single month, including limited edition pens and all the accessories you ever need, like carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and more. Orders over $50 have free shipping in the continental U.S., but they also sell internationally and have very reasonable shipping rates. With fast and reliable customer service, Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens and offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So we have something cool today from the Pen Chalet. So what people are used to on the podcast, when they go to penchalet.com, they see the radio podcast button in the top right-hand corner of the page. You put... You type in the code PENADDICT. So you're going to get something special when you go and do that this week. So go to penchalet.com, type in PENADDICT, and you're going to see a new code behind the magic wall there. And what that code is, the code is named Addict Pouch. And so what PENADDICT is doing is they're not only giving you the 10% off that they give you um, by using the code PENADDICT, they're giving you an additional... Um, pilot pen pouch when you for any orders over $75 in the next three days. I think on Friday at midnight Eastern time, this code expires. So go to penchalet.com, click on the radio podcast button, type in pen addict. As soon as you see it, any orders you place, you're going to get your 10% off like always. If you spend more than $75, you enter the code addict pouch in your cart at the end of your order and you're going to get a free pilot pen pouch. And this pouch is is pretty cool. I've never even seen this actually. And it's a pilot branded pen pouch. It's like a it's like a fold over sleeve. It's got magnets on e- on the left and right side. It holds two pens in the middle. It's like this velvety cloth in the so it's like a soft interior. It's got two pen loops so it holds two pens right in the center. 
and then the left side folds over and the right side folds over and it's like a magnetic catch on the exterior so there's no snaps no velcro so it's a little it's a real neat little accessory um you can have for your pens so that was really awesome of pen chalet to do so go check it out put in pen put in code pen addict once you hit that landing page you will see the offer for the attic pouch and you'll see the pilot pen pouch they're offering up there so if you spend 75 dollars or more by friday june the 6th at midnight eastern you're gonna get the pilot pen pouch for free so that's very cool thank you pen chalet for doing that now I've just a vouch for Pen Chalet. I placed an order with my first order with them about a week, week or two ago. And let me pull up the name of the pen that I bought because I've been eyeballing this pen, and I bought a Pelican Pura, which I'll put in the show notes. Have you seen this pen, Anna? I have not. So it's a um, it's a fountain pen ballpoint line that Pelican has come up with, I think only in the past year or two. I've been seeing them around a little bit and it's very different from their other styles. Their traditional styles like the M205 is a very classic looking pen. This is still mm-hmm. a very classic looking pen, but it's a metal barrel pen. It reminds me a lot of the Lamy Studio. So I oh. I ordered one. I used I used the code uh, <laughs> Penatic 10. I got 10% off. So it was, it was $92 and I got 10% off that. And what I wanted to do is I, I wanted, there was two, two fold reason why I wanted this. Number one, to try out the nib to see how it compares to like the M205 nib, which I love. And number two, Pelican came out with the Edelstein ink cartridges. This is a cartridge converter fill, not a piston filler. Ah. So they had the Edelstein Topaz in ink cartridges. They come in this little Altoids looking tin and they're really neat. I got the top I ordered the uh the Topaz Edelstein cartridges. So I've got that loaded up in the Pura and it's working great so far. And I think I ordered it from Pen Chalet. My order showed up in like three days. I don't know, it was fast. They're super fast shipping, good packaging. Um totally good experience. So um I'm very happy with what I've got and I will be reviewing that soon on the blog and and maybe on the podcast. So it is very it's a very cool product and something a little bit different from Pelican. So I've actually got a lot to say about this pen because it's different than some of their more classic offerings. It definitely, it definitely looks like something that would appeal to someone who likes the look of um, uh, the Lamy pens, but is looking for something a little bit different. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a pretty cool pen. So you will definitely be hearing more about that. Excellent. Now we've got the pen blog of the week and I bestowed the honor of picking the pen blog of the week to Miss Honor Reinert this week. So why don't, you, why don't you tell us who the pen blog of the week is? Well, I picked Modern Stationer. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a really new blog, but um, I've really liked the articles that he's posted. Um, there's really probably only about eight posts up so far, um, but each one is very thoughtful and pretty thorough and is kind of invest. It's... For me, I think it's kind of fun to listen to someone else sort of kind of coming into this world. You know, a lot of the blogs that people read on a regular basis are people like you and, you know, uh, gourmet pens, people who have been involved in um, fountain pens and the sort of this community for a long time. And so it's kind of fun to hear someone coming in for the first time um, and sort of, you know, I love the piece that he wrote about um, 
uh, improving his handwriting, mm-hmm. which was really cool. He used a book that I think I've written uh, a review about in the past as well. Um, but, uh, you know, and so, you know, there there was that story. And he also um, wrote a story about looking for um, greeting cards for his wife mm-hmm. to give to his wife, which was a really nice story and particularly interesting to me because I work in the business. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> he the, the, he's done an exceptional job with the site so far. It's beautiful looking. The content is great. I love his writing style, his review style. Um, his name's Doug, I think, right? Doug? Yeah, Doug Lane. Um, yeah, and he's on uh, he's on Twitter. I'll get his Twitter address. I'll put it in the show notes. But it's on it's on his blog. It's modernstationer.com. It's a great name. Beautifully designed blog. Awesome content. And um, I'm glad uh, Doug is part of the community and we want to show him, show him the link love um, by making him the pin addict podcast blog of the week so everyone go be sure to go check that out check it out in the show notes um go to the link and uh read up on all his articles he does an excellent job all right all the stuff that's what i called this topic (laughs) we are going to talk about all the things (laughs) all the things but first right when we right when we got on you're like oh i just got I just got back from the getting my mail. You wouldn't believe what I got in the mail di- mail today. I'm like, okay, stop. Let's just tell me in the show. I don't want to hear about it. You were excited <laughs> about your you were excited about your mail day. So tell me about your mail day. Um, well, I am on a kick right now um, with nylon tipped pens. So I went absolutely crazy on jet pens um, and bought six different brands. So they're going to be a big review coming up of different nylon tips. I've been doing a lot of hand lettering and stuff at work. So mm-hmm. this has been of particular interest to me. But um, was trying. I picked an assortment of um, pigment-based and oil-based to just try them out and see. So the oil-based ones are going to be the ones that are more permanent, but they're also going to be the ones that tend to bleed more. Mm-hmm. And then the pigment-based are sort of more like the uh, uh, Sakura pig- Pigma Micron that you love so much. Yes. So I did pick up one of the Zigs, the one that you recommended. Yeah, so. the um, comic outliner. Um, yes. Or, yes, yeah. Got that Ma- one. Mangaka. That's, that's one of those with the really long names. Yeah, it, I'm like, it's still wrapped in the bubble wrap, so ah. I'm, I'm having to sort of guess. I probably should have pulled out the, uh, let's see, here's my here's my invoice. <laughs> um, I got the pilot drawing pen. Um I got the Stabilo Sensor Fine Liner Marker Pen, mm-hmm. uh, the D-Leader Neo Pika, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Kurataka um, Zig Cartoonist Mangaka Outline Pen. That's the one. The Uni Pin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, oh, and the Pilot Lettering Pen. Oh, cool. So I'm going to be busy. You are going to be busy. And this is, this look. These pins are like right up your alley. I can't wait to see uh, your your post on this because uh, I actually bought. I think I've used all those, and I never reviewed the pilot, um, the oil based one because mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with that. You you can, that's not a writing pen, and, and I'm a writer. I'm not an artist or a drawer. That's an that's an artist only pen because as well, soon as it touches the page, it goes everywhere. Yeah, and so I'll probably end up testing some of these on some different types of paper. Um, I'm still on the hunt for good paper for lettering at work, and I think I found one. I don't know if anybody who reads the well-appointed desk will care, but I will actually mention it at some point because um, I 
they discontinued the paper that we use at work and everybody's been very upset about it. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I got in the mail was um, I love my render case so much from Karis Customs and I managed to lose mine last week. Oh, no. So I ordered a new one and the old one turned up. Get out. <laughs> but the one, the new one that I ordered, I bought the one that um, takes the G2 cartridges instead okay. of the high-tech C, mm-hmm. hoping that I would find the one that takes the high-tech C cartridges. Awesome. So now I have both and I'm very excited because I also ordered a ton of different types of cartridges. So um, at some point in time, I'm going to do sort of a big post about everything you can cram into a render k that's great because i get asked that all the time and i i tend to get stuck in my ways i'm like well i've used these two or three i'm sure there's a lot more but (laughs) i haven't figured them out yet um yeah i'm totally addicted to the um the pilot juice 0.38 blue black is what i'm using in like all the g2 style ones if you know when i'm not using the high-tech c bodies i'm the ones that take the g2 bodies i'm all about the pilot juice i've actually i have the retract in my hand right now <laughs> that's what i'm writing my notes with with and that that takes the same blue black juice 0.38 and uh i just wrote down render k with my retract so similar similar uh brethren in pens so I, I think I, I think I read your your post about fi- losing and finding the render K. Is it your husband that continually loses these pens, or did you? No, that was one? actually me. Oh. That was actually me. It got moved from a bag to a pencil case to a you know, and I just it fell to the bottom, and I was like, wait, no, that does not go in there. <laughs> like when I found it, I'm like, no, mm, back here. That's one of my daily carries. So now it's back. Awesome kept safe in its not co carrying case so exciting stuff (laughs) i know we're so ready to get that store open i tell you what we're i know we got people chomping at the bit it's coming it's coming soon yay so you did a you did a uh pretty handy article uh for our friend patrick roan's uh new website the cramped um called the fountain pen guide for the left-handed writer so why don't you talk about that real quick because we've had you on like to because both Mike and you are lefties. And, mm-hmm. um, so I was actually outnumbered in that episode. And it's a it's a great topic. And it there's always new questions about this and new listeners that are left-handed that have certain challenges with left-handed pens. And you took this article from the point of a fountain pen user. So why don't you, why don't you tell me a little bit about that and um, how that came to be and, and a little bit about the article and what you found out. Sure. Um can I squee a little bit because nobody else got excited that I was like, Patrick Roan emailed me and he wanted an article. Isn't he great? I, I love, He's I love amazing. Patrick and uh, I try to talk to him as frequently as I can. And I always come away smarter for it. So, uh, he's yeah. pretty amazing. Thank you for being a good friend, Patrick. And, uh, yeah, see when he told me he was launching this site, I was like, this is going to be good. So I'm glad he's uh, reached out to you to write something for it. Yeah, it was. Um, well, I, because of, I mean, I, I, because I've done this enough times, I've talked about being left-handed and what issues arise. I was able to um, sort of, this was really, this is the compendium volume. So if anybody is looking through my site for information, just go to this article, read this article. I think I feel, I feel like I've condensed it into sort of everything you need to know is a quick overview. Um, but, you know, I mean, the biggest issues that people who are left-handed have are um, 
whether or not they put their hand in the ink when they're writing is the big deal. And so sometimes it's a question of quick drying ink. Sometimes it's a question of the angle of the pen and their sort of pen preference. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's I'm I'm one of those left-handed handers that are are the most disabled, <laughs> at, at, um, which is that I learn how to write by kind of hooking my hand over my paper to try to keep it out of what I'm writing. And so that tends, that creates probably the most concern for people when they say, I'm left-handed, but I really want a fountain pen. Well, I write upside down and crooked and, and wonky, and I can use fountain pens. So I kind of started the whole article by saying, if you're left-handed, you can use a fountain pen here's a few things that you need to know, you know, and the first one is, um, quick drying inks help. If you want a, a nice thick wide line, probably the first concern is I'm going to run my arm right through this and it's going to be all over my shirt and, and that kind of thing. So the first thing you want is quick drying ink. Um, and also what kind of paper you're using, which is the same issue. I even think right-handed writers face is that there's some paper ink combinations that are more likely to bleed on the paper, stand up on the paper forever, and take 20 minutes to dry. I mean, you just kind of have to find the right combination. Yep, that's, that's definitely a challenge for everybody. And so that's, you know, as much as lefties tend to have more concern with it because they immediately put their arm in it. And I, the other day, what was I doing? Oh, when I put up the post about um, uh, the paper guides. Mm-hmm. It's it you know it is now officially hot and humid here so pretty much every ink I use is a slow drying ink <laughs> and I must have had to write that three or four times because I just kept running my hand through it and it just went everywhere and I was like oh. so it's not you it's, <laughs> it's the joys of being left handed um, but of course I was not using like anything like Bernanke blue or anything which is really designed to be a little bit quicker drying and I was using Rhodia paper which tends to keep the ink up on the paper and stuff so anyway um, I lost my train of thought well I'll help you you with that when you're when you're taking fountain pens to write with say just in whatever you're carrying that day to write with and actually Mm -hmm. we're going to probably talk about a little bit about what we're going to talk about in a minute do you are you concerned a lot with the paper you write on or do you deal with the properties of the paper because you enjoy writing on the paper? Um, Most of the time I sort of downgraded my daily paper selection Mm -hmm. to something that's above a moleskine, but below Rhodia. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of Um, what I was alluding to. Like what? So I kind of, um, Loic term Mm -hmm. 1917 is a good sort of middle ground for me um and i tend not to have a lot of issues with um ink dry time but i also like finer nibbed pens which helps the wider the nib the longer the more ink you're putting down on the paper the longer it takes to dry um which you know for better or worse yeah um, a lot of times i mean i can use like a 1.1 millimeter stub on sort of that middle ground paper Mm. and i'm okay okay sometimes it bleeds yeah, I thought your your point about in the article about using like a calligraphy nib that's just a hard block style mm-hmm. nib. That's going to be really tough. I never thought about that um for for left-handers. You that's more of a 
challenge than than even like the stub nibs and things like that just because it's such a stiff firm squared off type of nib right right and the and that's the only time that when i really say to left left-handed writers that's where you have to start talking about um a, you know i mean if you really want to use something like a 1.5 or a two millimeter wide like calligraphy nib that's when you need to start and some people don't have any problem. They have a just they just happen to hit the sweet spot in the way that they write and the angle that they write at. It's not a big deal. But for other people, you will need to have um, a left-handed grind on the nib, which angles it down um, to the left instead of it being flat across the top, which is how a right-handed calligraphy nib is treated. Right, right. So and 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 that's one of those things where that's like. Basically, my recommendation is if it's your first fountain pen, don't go over there. Yeah. <laughs> Aim for a medium or a fine kind of in that area and at least learn, you know, work with it. One of the other things that I mentioned is um, a problem that a lot of right-handed people have as well, which is how hard you press down on the paper. If you're really heavy-handed, um, left lefties are going to have more trouble um, because we are – pushing the pen instead of pulling it in most cases um so you can kind of you know with an extra fine like a pilot extra fine you know prera you're just going to bend those tines (laughs) it's not going to be pretty so i mean the first thing is like you know try it with a ballpoint or a a roller ball right on a piece of paper and lift it up and see if the sheet underneath it has a huge indent if so you're heavy-handed and you're going to have to learn to lift up and use a lighter hand when you're writing yeah, don't push I, so hard. I've always been heavy handed and uh, I try to work on that with fountain pens. I, I find myself getting better, but I still have to remind myself sometimes like take it easy. <laughs> you don't need to to be that uh, forceful when writing, especially with a fountain pen. So, Well, and fountain pens, because the ink usually comes out so easily, mm-hmm. you really don't have to be hard um, and heavy handed with it and push really hard. Um, and I think a lot of left left handed people push really hard because we are pushing mm-hmm. and not pulling the pen that, you know, I mean, I have an en- endless amounts of trouble with rollerball and ballpoint pens because of the angle that I write and everything. Basically, the ink just never comes out. Right. It doesn't matter how hard I push, but it, it has a tendency, like when someone can't hear you, you speak louder. If a pen <laughs> doesn't write, you push harder. And, you know, with fountain pens, that isn't, that doesn't tend to be the issue as much. Yep. Yep. So lick it, spit on it. Yep. Get the ink flowing. <laughs> then see if you have a problem. Yes, for sure. For sure. So anyway, so that's kind of the the most of the article. Yeah, it was a Sorry good article. Sorry if I repeated myself. No, and it's that's something that, you know, I'll point people to all the time because they're always looking for a good resource. You know, um, I get those emails pretty frequently. Hey, I'm a lefty and I want to do this. What pen should I use? So, you know, there's some, you know, there's no hard, fast answers, but there's some general guidelines that, you know, articles like this can totally help out with and um, get you started down the right path. So that's perfect. So we kind of alluded to it in there with the uh, with the book term paper. We wanted to talk about. I've gotten a few emails, and I think you've got some conversation around this, Anna, to matching a specific pen to a specific paper. And people were wanting to know, okay, well, if I'm using a moleskin, what type of pen works well? If I'm using, you know, Rhodia, what type of pen works well? Or if I have some just kind of, you know, crazy paper that I want to use, you know, like the X Field Notes Expedition fans, what type of pen should I use? So we've had a bunch of questions about this. So we wanted to uh, address this real quick and talking about just like the everyday paper, like the moleskin. 
Mm-hmm. When I started my blog, that's what I used. I used the uh, reporter style to do my reviews in. And not knowing at the time much about the paper quality and how the type of pen and the paper are going to work together. Like these things have to work together, right? You you might hate a pen because it's bleeding when you write, but it may not be the pen's fault, right? It's very likely the paper is as equal to blame as your pen. And it took me a while to discover that um, on my own saying, hey, the paper actually matters when you're writing and you have to be considerate of that. So like in a moleskin, I ended up figuring out that the liquid ink pens actually work the best for me in a moleskin, like Mm -hmm. a, um, like a pilot V five pilot precise, Mm -hmm. um, those type of pens. Whereas the gel pens were a little bit tougher. And then anything with more ink, like a fountain pen was just almost a non-starter. It bled so much. So what do you, what do you find just from, you know, the more, popular, basic, everyday type of papers, what type of issues and what type of pens do you use? Um, I really like the the Loic term 1917. That tends to be my go-to for just an everyday notebook um, at work, something that I'm not, you know, it's not the precious, this is for my, you know, travels to Europe kind of thing. <laughs> right. It's just like I'm writing down, you know, the stuff I have to do today and, you know, um, but that... Um, I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, those are, you know, it's like those, those sort of mid range. Um, and even like, even a moleskin, I mean, people love them because it's, they're easy to access. They're sort of gateway notebooks. For sure. Um, that's something besides a, you know, uh, spiral bound, you know, mead paper right. notebook, you know, I mean, it is a step up from that. Yeah. So, um, but for those, um, I, I haven't had too much trouble with like a gel ink pen um, in those, but I use a lot of like 0.25, like mm-hmm. the real fine line. And those are fine. I mean, if you're taking notes in a meeting or class notes or something like that in any of those sort of under, you know, right around $20 or below notebooks, I think that, you know, those are, are, are fine. It's, you know, I mean, people want to marry a, a moleskin up with their, um, you know, fountain pen. And that's where you, it's like, if you really want the moleskin, find a nice, you know, find a nice render K. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, or, you know, a nice looking pen that you can put a, you know, a um, ballpoint or a rollerball into and use it with that notebook. Yep. And then, then you have that sort of that pairing. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of my go-to yeah. combination at work. Cause it's, you know, I don't care if I lose a uni, uni ball style fit pen right. <laughs> at work or, a um, you know, just sort of a standard black covered notebook. Right. And I, I find the same with, with field notes and other memo style books, um, you know, like a Doan paper, because though those books are going to use really they're going to use the most standard type of papers because they can't really get into specialty paper because that affects the style and feel of their notebooks. So with like field notes, I pretty much only use gel ink pens in there every now and then I'll just, I'm using fountain pens and I'll use something with a real fine nib. And a lot of people just only use fountain pens in their field notes, but I can't do it. I I'm strictly gel only in the field notes just because the paper's so thin and it really works the best for me. 
and I and I think those are it's a good pairing, and I think there's a there's a lot of options for pens that take a roll like a rollerball, like you know if you're looking for a pocket pen that's a rollerball or a ballpoint to use with your um, field notes. There's lots of combinations. Mm-hmm. Now for fountain pen friendly paper, like when I say that. And, you know, people talk about fountain pen friendly paper. They're normally talking about a smoother, smoother paper, sometimes a little bit more dense paper, a little bit thicker page. You know, we're talking about something like Rhodia, Clairefontaine, or even like a super specialty paper like uh, Tomo River paper. And these are the papers I use for everything. So I call them fountain pen, fountain pen friendly paper. And, you know, you call them that. But I use all my pens on this paper because it's generally the smoothest, nicest experience for a pen. Um, yes, Ab- fountain absolutely. pens are the majority of, of what I use them for, but all of your pens are generally going to work well on these papers, but you just got to be aware of things like dry time and things like that. So <laughs> what do you, what do you find yourself using on some of the, the more fountain pen, fountain pen friendly specifics? Do you have any like favorites like as far as super fine nibs or stuff well and i mean the nice the nice thing with the fountain pen friendly paper is because there's a little bit of sizing in the paper that helps to keep the ink above the paper and it doesn't absorb in and bleed and feather and do those things you can use those wider nibs so that's when you can get out your you know 1.1 or in my case i have a 0.6 ish size that's my favorite Um, like my my vintage um uh estabrooks um on that fountain pen friendly paper which is you know the particularly like the rhodia i started doing um actually all my pen and ink reviews on a rhodia pad Mm -hmm. i just fell in line with you and ed i'm just doing it (laughs) well it it works better it looks better they you know i never have that the bleeding problem that I was having with some of the other papers I had used in the past. Yeah. And they photograph well, which is a consideration. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, it was no coincidence that I ended up falling into that. It's because it works better. I mean, it's not us, you know, it's not trying to make a point. It's okay. I've used all these things now. What's working the best for what I need? And it ends up being something like Rhodia. And for things like, I mean, if you like to play with lots with fountain pens and lots of different ink colors, those Rhodia pads come in a bright white, which means you're not losing any of the vibrancy of your ink colors, which is a huge thing. You know, I mean, like Moleskines are, you know, kind of, but they have that ivory gray you know yep. ivory colored paper which is going to dull your ink colors which is fine i mean yeah it's great if, for writing for writing if that's what you want to do but you know when i'm writing a review and saying oh this turquoise color is so vivid and then i put it on cream paper everybody's <laughs> like really yeah it doesn't really work that way yep yeah yep it took a little bit to figure that out so now the last the last little bit here is the specialty paper which is it's kind of the hardest for me just it's a frustration point for me because I'm, I don't get to be as free, but that's kind of the point. So it's, it's kind of unfair to, to knock these papers just because of their special qualities. But, you know, something like, um, we talk about the field notes expedition edition, which has the, the Yupo plastic paper or the right in the rain, which is the waterproof paper. Um, so tell well, me, the- tell me about what you use for those. Well, I just recently got to do a review of right in the rain. And it's one of those things where it's like 
you know, I knew going into it, there's only certain kinds of, you know, tools that you can use on this paper because of the way that it's created. But if what you really need is something that's going to withstand the elements, then I think that's a concession that you're willing to make. For sure. Like if what you really want is to use beautiful fountain pens with beautiful colored inks, then your priority isn't necessarily that you're what you're working on be waterproof right so with right in the rain but the the flip side is right in the rain you can write on it with a sharpie marker and that it stays put it doesn't bleed it doesn't do anything if you love sharpies and you use them all the time it doesn't bleed through the back of the page or anything i was like i love my sharpie again that's crazy i i did not realize that at all and like all of those the oil-based uh, pens that you said you hadn't quite figured out what you could use them on, mm-hmm. try them in your Expedition Edition or uh-huh. in the Right in the Rain and see what kind of results you get. Because I think that's where um, you find those combinations where it's like, I have this pen, it's interesting, I like it, what can I, you know, what kind of paper can I pair it with? Most of us have enough different kinds of paper now that you can be like, these pens go with this paper. <laughs> these <laughs> pens go with this paper. Right. And, you know, I mean, if you want to have a pen and, a, you know, a notebook in your car or something for emergencies or, you know, when you've got to quick write something down because it's in your head, that might be a good pairing to put a expedition edition and a, an oil based marker pen in your car. I learned, or, you know, I learned so much dare I say you. it pencils. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm on the pencil train and that has left the station. So yeah, I, I am finding a love for pencils um, here recently. Even though I haven't been, you know, um, reviewing many on the blog yet, I find myself just in my personal writing and use reaching for woodcase pencils more, which is just, I guess it's back when I used to never use fountain pens and never understood fountain pens. And now I'm like a full bore fountain pen addict. I'm, I'm, I'm on that uh, pencil bandwagon for sure. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, those water resistant papers, I think you just have to look for a different combination. If what you really want to do is use a paper that you know is going to withstand some serious abuse, you're going to have to also find a, a writing tool that is also sort of abuse averse. It won't, you know, it'll, ups, it'll, it'll, uh, stand up to it, the abuse. Yeah. So what what about stone paper? I wanted to ask you about that specifically because I had a experience with stone paper that was less than positive. Did you use the Ogami? I did. Okay, because I haven't tried that yet, but somebody sent me a sample of some stone paper that they found at their local drugstore mm-hmm. yeah. that I want to say was maybe mead or uh, something Ox- very... Oxford makes them. The Oxford. Yep. And I, I tested that. Um, a little bit, but I didn't feel like I had enough to actually write a review. Okay. But I didn't have any issues with that. Okay. I mean, it was okay. it was one of those things where it was like, I'm not in crazy mad in love with it, but I didn't really have any problems. And I, I put gel and gel pens, some rollerball and some fountain pens, but again, like a fine nib, sort of my everyday mm-hmm. pen, and everything seemed to write okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Oxford uses a slightly different formula than the Ogami, but yeah, I read your review and I'm like... <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> well, maybe you should. I, I want to get. I want to see if I'm insane or, or, or what. But I, I don't know. I was. I've gotten to the point where I know what I like, and I'm very particular. So sometimes that 
I'm not as open in my reviews and I have, I have to tell myself to, you know, look at this, not from my perspective, but from the reader's perspective and what their use cases are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to try to give everything a fair shake, but you know, I still call a spade a spade, you know, from my personal use cases. So absolutely. And that, you know, I did the same thing when I reviewed the expedition edition, mm -hmm. I was like, it's so pretty. And, but, <laughs> you know, and then I did the review of Right in the Rain, and I went into Right in the Rain thinking, okay, this is going to be different. I'm going to have to think about this differently. Right. And I came back going, okay, I'm going to need to go back and look at the Expedition Edition again. Exactly. Because I'm seeing the benefits of using something like this. Now, obviously, that Field Notes Expedition Edition is, was a limited edition, and it's not as if you know they're going to keep stocking this and so this is something that people are going to be able to get so it Actually, seems a little unfair to go back and review it well no they it's, they turn that into a stock edition okay well then it is worth going back and yeah. and taking another look at it yep they um they decided afterwards that they wanted to keep a stock edition of, of that one so yeah it became a permanent fixture okay so, but your 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 point is valid because I change my opinion on things over time too. You learn it's it's a learning process, right? You know what we thought at the time, and you know taking the, you know whatever tools we're using at the time and and applying that to you know a product or a re review or something like that. You know that's you know that particular use case. Well, then you find another use case like you know you just mentioned. Maybe I should try my oil-based pen. Then I don't know what to use it on on something like Expedition Edition. So yeah, it's a learning process and and things change, opinions change, and uh, it, it's all part of the process. So that's good stuff. All right. So when, when we talked about you coming on the show, you had a really good idea that I wanted to um, talk about. And um, it, it was revisiting some of our old favorite pens. Like I find myself getting lost and, you know, it's, I definitely skewed more fountain pen heavy here recently on my blog. And, you know, sometimes you forget, you know, some of the old favorite pens that are still around and we don't talk about them as much because they haven't changed for five or more years, but they're still awesome pens that people should check out. And people who are new to the, our blogs and things like that, they don't get the benefit of coming along from the ride for the ride, if you will, as we're going through these things, you know, they'd have to dig back and look for something specific. So we wanted to highlight a few pens, um, that, or pencils or whatever we have in our list to, kind of rekindle some of these old flames, if you will, some pins that we really, really loved that have kind of just kind of fallen, you know, to the, to the back of the desk drawer, if you will. And, um, I'll go first. I'll read a few, a few of mine real quick. And it's made me go and grab these pins out and start carrying them more is what this ha what happened here. But one pin that I love and I haven't used for a year or two is the Kurataki Fude Gokochi brush pin, super fine. So when you think of a brush pen, you think of a very, almost like a paintbrush style tip. Mm -hmm. And with this pen, it's very, very firm with only a slight bit of, for the lack of a better term, flex in the brush. I love how this pen writes. I love the design of the pen. It's a very basic classic design, um, plastic barrel pen. Um, it's a super good writing pen and um, that's what I do the most. And it writes on several different papers very well. Um, you know, and, and I'm a, I'll, I'll have all these links in the show notes so people can go check out our reviews on these pens. But when did I review this pen? It was in 20, 2011. 2011, August 8th, 2011. And I, I use that pen. I use the heck out of that pen for, 
I don't know, probably six months, and then it just vanished. You know, something new and pretty came along, and I, <laughs> I ignored it. And uh, it, it's time to break that pen back out because it's awesome. It's a really good pen. Um, the second one I put on my list is really unfair, but I use this pen and I love this pen and I'm going to have to open up a change.org petition for pilot to bring back this pen, but it's the pilot Explorer, the extra fine. It's such a great pen and I know not everyone can find them. Um, they don't make them anymore. And if you're lucky enough to come across one, you'll, you'll see why it's such a cool pen, but I, I still use this pen pretty frequently and like I said, it's kind of not fair that I put it in here because it's not easily attainable. But yeah, I get I got to work on this petition for Pilot to bring this pen back. So what makes you love it so much? I think it's the barrel um, because it's just Pilot makes I think Pilot makes the best liquid ink pens, like the the Precise Line and the mm -hmm. v, the V Ball and all those retractable, you know, RT. They're whatever their crazy naming conventions are, but they're mm -hmm. essentially all the same liquid ink and just different in ah. just different pens. And that's what this pen is. Um, but it's like a proprietary size refill. There's no other refill like this. It's just got a really cool ergonomic futuristic looking barrel and it's got a clip. Um, when the spring loaded. Yeah. It's like a knock. The knock is, is tied into the clip. So yeah, it, it's spring loaded. You flip the clip and it, you know, retracts the pen and things like that. I don't know. It was, it's That's one of the, very cool. It's one of those <laughs> pens that I used in school when I was younger. So you have this, this nostalgic part about it. Um, and then it went away and it's gone, but it, I've just always had nothing but good experiences with that pen. So maybe I, I put it in here at least to, uh, to remind myself to go, uh, bang on pilot some more. Cause I I'll, I'll tweet them every now and then like bring this pen back and they just, <laughs> they ignore me which they should most, most people should ignore me. <laughs> um, the next one is a similar type pen, but it's gel and it's maybe one of the best pens on the market that gets no love whatsoever. And it's the zebra Sarasa clip. It comes in 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0 0.5 millimeter tip sizes. It comes in what? 20 different colors. Mm -hmm. The tip is very sharp and very clean. It's a writing style that I like. Um, I love that pen. Um, I always talk about the Uniball Sino DX 0.38 as my favorite gel ink pen. And that's true. Um, and, or my favorite one to recommend to people getting into those type of pens, but man, the Sarasa clip, it just, it gets no love just because it's in a very competitive category, I guess. It is. It's a hard. It's a hard place to compete. I did not put that on my list because you put it on your list. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, yeah, in that in the sort of competitive world of the Zebra Sarasa, the the uni the um, the wow, my brain just totally died on me. High Tech C. The, yeah, High Tech um, C DX. Uh, yeah, the Uni uh, Sino DX. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about the other two a lot more, but Zebra is a a genuine competitor and um the you know i mean it's just a nice pen it's it's a little the, the sort of overall design is a little bit simpler in some cases which i find appealing if you're gonna have just sort of a plastic dust pen exactly and they have a killer green they have the best green on the market i think that's not a lot lime, lime green or no the dark i like green? the dark green the, the viridian green oh i don't have that one yet oh uh, it is excellent now the dx has the best lime green I think um, the best bright colors 
are on the DX side. The Sarasa clip, I use blue black, I use Viridian green, and I use I think they're orange. I think they call their orange Mandarin. Um, that is a good orange. It's excellent. Those three, I use those three religiously. Um, those those never go out of style. I love that pen, and it's it's great. It's a good it's a good price point. Um, the only knock with Zebra has always been if you're a heavy heavy writer, their their gels run out of ink reasonably quickly in relation or comparison to the other brands, but. It's no big deal. I mean, it, it just is what it is. It's a great pen. Yep. Last one I brought up um, is definitely still made. And this was a pen I used for years and kind of stopped using. But it's the Uniball Jetstream Alpha. And it's the one, it's like the black matte with the big Alpha Joe grip on it. And it comes with a 0.7 millimeter refill when you order it. But why I like it is because I swap it out for the 0.5 or the 0.38 refills. Um, those are my favorite Jetstream refills. The 0.7 is awesome too. But that's a pen that I end up recommending a lot to a lot of people over the years. And I really haven't talked about it much in the past year or two. But it's still a go-to pen. Um, it's still available at places like Jet Pens and things like that. It's not something you're going to find in the store. But um, it, it's a really good pen. It's a little more expensive. It's like a 13-ish dollar pen or so. But um, it's an excellent pen. It can take a beating. I've used it for years. And um, it needs to uh, needs to come back out of the desk into the backpack more frequently because I like those super fine jet stream refills. That that review is very old. It's 2008. Yep. And it was when you were using your reporter. Yeah. Your Moleskine reporter. <laughs> Those were the days, huh? Boy. Wow. That takes actually, me back. I actually went back through my archives, like through 2007 and 2008 until I finally stopped. And I was like, wow, this Alpha Gel was one of the first pens I reviewed and I, reviewed and I still love this pen. So that, that pen has withstood the test of time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so okay. that's, that's my list. What, what what do you have? Okay, on my list, oddly, um, three out of four are liquid ink pens. But this goes back again, I think, to me being left-handed. Mm-hmm. And I also realized I haven't reviewed most of them. So Isn't that the truth? I do that. I'm awful about that. I love well, this first- pen. I love this pen. Where's your review? Oh, yeah, I haven't reviewed oh, it yeah, yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the first one I put on my list was basically sort of the first pen that I found that I was like, okay, this is why people like pens. And it was the um, Pilot Precise V5. Because up until then, I mean, like, I found that when I was in high school. You know, before that, it was ballpoints or pencils, and that was really sort of your options for, you know, writing your school papers and stuff. And I found the V5, and I was like, where can I get more of these? (laughs) Looking for a dealer. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and I've never written a review about it, because I guess I kind of figure it's, like any office supply pen, everybody's used one, but you know, for a liquid ink, it's, it's, um, almost a needle tip hmm. size as a, as a lefty. It's, I, it doesn't let me down. I can write with it, even though it does have a bit of a roller ball tip. I've never had any problems with them. So the, and the interesting thing is the V sevens I do have trouble with. Oh, huh. that's interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Very. So, um, but sort of the modern, for me, the sort of modern equivalent, the one that sort of ended up in my, in my, you know, my pencil case every day is the Morning Glory Mach 3s, which are sort of like somebody took a V5 and said, hey, let's make this a little better, (laughs) you know, and it's available in a bunch of different colors. It's a little bit finer tip. 
and it's so fun. And every time I use it, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I finally found my pen dealer. I'm like, yay. Yeah, they did a really good job with that pen. I've been impressed every time I've used it. Yeah, they're really good. Um, but the next one that's on my list is a pen that um, sort of speaks to what we were talking about, like pens that work great for our specialty purpose that I don't think anybody ever really talks about. And it's the Pilot Envelope Address Writing Jelly Ink Pen. I personally like the extra fine. The fine is a little broad, mm-hmm. strangely enough, for a Japanese pen. But um, the, it's an oil-based um, gel ink pen that is waterproof when it's dry. And it is super slick on paper. But it's it gives you a really nice fine point um, and is great anytime you actually need to make sure something's not going to bleed when it gets wet, like addressing an envelope mm-hmm. or writing your return address on an envelope. Um, so they uh, you can run out of ink in those really fast. <laughs> but if you write letters like as often as I do, I tend to use it to address the envelope just to make sure that should the mail get wet or it hangs out of somebody's mailbox, it's not going to lead ink all over everything yeah that's perfect no, two two things on that pen mm-hmm. one the black ink is pitch black it is oh yeah super dark and number two that is one of the coolest ugly barrels i have ever seen i love the barrel of this pen i it just has, love the design of this pen totally it has japanese writing all over it i have no idea what it says no idea. but it is but and it is yeah it's a white barrel with like red and blue lettering all over it and i just love the feel of it i mean it's just this it's just a you know basic plastic barrel pen but something about that pen i really really like the design of and every once in a while i you know like it's the it's the thing that i add to my jet pens cart to get over 25 (laughs) dollars that one like i'm sure i need another one absolutely Um, and occasionally they'll be out of the extra fine and i'll order a fine and i'm always like darn it this thing is too wide (laughs) yeah that's the thing I, i have noticed about that pen it's uh yeah, I only I can only use the extra fine on that one because of the I don't know what it is with the sizing it may just be the ink properties too that are that make yeah. the really wide lines. But great pen, good good call on it that a, one. It is a good pen, and you know um, the last one is um, I really like the gel multi pens. Yeah, um, I um, I use a Uniball Style Fit and a Zebra Sarasa Prefill every day. Those are the two pens that sit on my desk and are. My favorites, if I know I'm going to a meeting, because I have colors. (laughs) Like, you sit in a meeting long enough, and it's like, you can really, you know, if you sketch note, you've got a bunch of colors to play with. Um, If you just want to be able to, like, underline something in a bright color, or if you want to make really funny pictures of the people in the meeting. (laughs) But, yeah, and I, both of those, and I use them all the time. And I know at some point you had said something about one of them. If you let it sit too long, the ink sort of dried out, or you had trouble getting it going. Uh, Kalito actually does that. Oh, the Kalito. Well, that's not one in my list. Yep. yep, Part of it is, I think, both the Uniball Style Fit and the Zebra Strasse prefills. I went for the ones that had, like, the five color option. <laughs> I'm like, I want as many in here as I can get. Um, so I've got four colors plus a pencil, plus the uh, 0.5 pencils oh, cool. in both of mine that I have. And I actually, to be honest, I think I have several of the Uniball <laughs> style fits. I just, I keep buying them. And they're not, I mean, they're, they're just a plain plastic barrel. They're pretty wide because they're the five barrel. So they're pretty substantial. But 
you know, you've got, you've got multicolored, so you can have your true stayed black or blue or blue-black, and then you can have red and orange and purple and whatever other color you want in there. And I also means if I'm in a long meeting, I'm not going to run out of ink. That's true. Because they do kind of go through cartridges pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, you can on those on the um, the gel multi pens for sure. And that's a that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I was such a hardcore Kalito user for years and years and years, and that kind of just dropped off the radar for me. I think maybe I need to uh, refresh my refills because I have I have barrels. I probably have ten Kalito barrels laying around, but uh, I need a I need a refill update and get me uh, get me back on the back on the bandwagon for the gel multi pens. But that's excellent. Cool. Cool. Well, awesome. I'm glad we did that because it, uh, I don't know, it just goes to show how many great pins and products are out there. And it's, it's funny how like attached I get to some of these older products. Like if I haven't used it in a while and I go break out, you know, some random pin that I haven't used in a while, but I know it's a good pin. It's such a great experience for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm silly that way, but I guess that's why I write a blog about pins, right? But that's okay. I'm thinking, you know what? This is making me think that we need to have our very own version of Throwback Thursday. Okay. Where we sort of either you, if you've never written a review about an old favorite, I think it's time we we pulled some out. I like that idea. All right. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll finally write my Pilot Precise review if anybody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Uh, Anna, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's always a pleasure. And, um, you know, filling in for Mike this week, but, uh, you're welcome on here any day, any time, any hour, any week. Thank you so much. It's always so much fun to do this show. And, um, the only bummer is that it means I can't listen to it tomorrow because I will have already heard it. Oh no, I still go, I still go back and listen, um, just to kind of see, you know, if I catch something, I don't know that I missed the first time or I sometimes I, you know, like I made a mistake last week. I, uh, I called, what did I say? I said the Twisby Night Sky Edition when I was talking about the Twisby Rock one time. I was like, I don't even remember saying that during the show, but when I listened to it after, it's like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> but no. Everybody I, knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for, ha- thanks, thanks for having me, Anna. <laughs> anytime. Thank- you can come on your show anytime. Thanks. I appreciate that. So why don't you tell, <laughs> why don't you tell everyone where they can find uh, more of your wonderful writing? Um, I can be found at wellappointeddesk.com. Um, you can uh, talk to me on Twitter at wellapptdesk. Um, and app.net, I am at ANA. Awesome. And you can find me at pinatic.com. Or as Mike likes to remind me, you can also find me at thepinatic.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at dowdyism, D O W D Y I S M. And we will have the show notes at five by five dot TV slash pinatic slash one Oh nine. And, uh, this will be a, a good one to check out all the notes on. we got, uh, lots of cool stuff we talked about. So thanks Anna for joining me and we will talk to you soon. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.